1: What's up, FT Live, Ron Kratz, Hello. Krasinski, and Halloween coming up in game three before that of the World Series. And just a reminder to everyone that after every single World Series game, FT Post Game Show is the best place to um, find a place. No, is the best place to get your post game coverage. So we will be there for you about 30 minutes of post game coverage live. And if you miss it, it's of course there for you on YouTube. If you missed one of the first two, Brockstar was on with me on Saturday, he did a great job. And what did you say you're doing for Halloween? Or you don't want to tell anyone yet? You want to let them know tomorrow? Or yeah, right? I'm
3: dressing up like you.
1: Okay. And I Good gotta, luck. I got to get my... You want me to give you a shirt? I got to get
3: my son's baby shirt.
1: I got to find some cheap shirts. I have change. baby
2: shirts. I can bring you one. I just... Your normal shirt would work probably. <laughs> <laughs> if, you did, if you did your hair exactly like his, that would make my day.
3: It would take me three months to get my hair to do... How much product do you put in that? Hair. None. Some days, none. Other
1: days, a little, but not much. Not I much. need it. There's a, there's a lot. There's the a lot people.
3: of uh, blow drying.
1: and. That's it. That's teasing. My hair doesn't do hair that. Hair dryer. Though. Hair dryer is the key. Just so you know. Um, Eric Kratz is already famous, but now more famous. And, you know, if you want to brighten your day, first of all, it's a great emoji from CBS Sunday morning. Eric Kratz was one of the stars of a great piece about backups in life in many jobs obviously kratz on the baseball front they spoke to a guy who was a mean saxophone player for a number of huge musicians including billy joel they spoke to a broadway understudy but kratz was right there in the middle of the piece going over what life is like as a backup catcher and tim brown your co-author um, for Tyler the backup catcher was on there as well. It was a great piece. I uh, I watched and listened to it this morning, Kratz. So great motivator, like
2: to start your day on a Monday, you know? Like it. You only got it one day late. You 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 take your content in one day too late, but I'm an on demand guy. So You're... Sunday Sunday
1: I actually was at a festival for, for AJ just to get him prepped for Halloween. So I missed it.
2: But Kratz, it was awesome. Great job, man. It was it was cool. Thank you. Yeah, they did a, they did an awesome job. When they approached us about it, I was like they told me the other people that were in it, and I was like, why, why do you want to do my story? But I think Tim did an amazing job. A lot of it was Tim just talking about why, you know, why he wrote the book, the different things that he connected with. Yeah, the book's about my story, but it's also about other backup catchers, too, and how that was inspirational for the producer of Mor- uh, Sunday Morning, but also for Jim Axelrod, the... Uh, I guess the host of that or whatever, the interviewer of that show. So it was cool. They, they did it. They did, It was like a minute and a half of me and Tim combined. And they were there for an entire day of, of filming. So it's cool to see all that goes into it.
1: That's like how movies work sometimes because my sister's involved in movies. And sometimes they'll do like days of work and then they'll be like, oh, we cut it out or, oh, it's five seconds, you know, but. Hey, you were in there. I like it. And there just, will there, there will not be a sequel. I just with love the starting catcher with H.
3: My my favorite part is that people thought that Kratz was me.
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm
3: like,
1: no, I was not the backup
2: catcher. Sorry. That that's that's the part that not not my incredible good looks that you were like, no, I'm not that handsome or anything like that. You're like, I wasn't the backup catcher. Yeah, that's what offends him the most. That's what offended him the most. I mean, besides the
3: haircuts are very similar.
2: I, I mean know. that's like you could you could choose to have this awesome of a haircut if you want it. Also
1: right, you're both wearing backwards hats, so who knows? We don't know what's under there. You don't you don't show it to the world except on Fox. Uh,
2: that's all I need. Okay.
1: With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps>
2: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than
0: a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, let's charge the damn amount because I talked enough about the first two games. you am going to let AJ start the show here. What games? I don't know. World Series? What? Did you see those? Or you're one of the... Um, trolls that say, <laughs> oh, there's no powerhouse teams. or There's not enough. No, actually, powers. so I, I
3: stayed up. I'll, I'll be honest. I stayed up. I watched the whole second game. Yeah. Um, I watched that one. That was not a good game. I mean, it was if you're a Diamondbacks fan, but it wasn't a competitive game.
1: You even watched like the last few outs?
3: Yeah, Oof, I watched the whole game. So I know, you. Tommy fam four for four, poor guy. Then I got my boy Jason at bat, and he got blasted on Twitter. Like, that was bad. It was awesome what Tommy did. But people were like, why right, Tori, take him out? And Tommy's like, because I wanted my boy to get into bed? That was awesome.
1: Yeah, and then it shut everyone out. Yeah, up. that it was awesome. Was like,
3: so Tommy, fight. ex-teammate, Jace, ex-teammate. That was awesome. They both kind of – that was great. That was really cool. So I was happy for that. And then – but game one, I, I stayed up till the top of the ninth. And after the Rangers had bases loaded two outs off Ginkle and didn't score, I'm like, oh, this game's over. Seawald is going to come in and close it out. And I, went to, and I went to sleep. It was like midnight. That game was on until freaking one in the morning had to be up early on Saturday for a funeral so i went to sleep and then i woke up to chaos and normally the diamondbacks win those chaos games but uh Adolis Garcia seeger with the home run adolis garcia with the home run obviously but i mean the way i look at it is diamondbacks literally are one pitch away from being up 2-0 and they got to look at it and say man we should be up 2-0 right now and going home but i mean give credit to the rangers but the first game was was awesome uh the highlights and then even the beginning of the game where they were up The Rangers went up, the Diamondbacks came back, and uh, I don't know. The first game was great. The second game was great if you're a Diamondbacks fan, but a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss, moves that were made and not made, and uh, just really well played.
1: Do you feel like there were moves made and not made? I feel like there hasn't been a lot of criticism. It's basically been okay. I mean, even the other day, they're like, you know, you get the classic, and and this one I'm on the other side of. Oh, why'd you take Merrill Kelly out? Uh, It's not really a close game. We'd like him to be good to go for the next one. Not that he couldn't go another inning, but I think he said he felt like he saw maybe a drop of fatigue, right? Stuffed down a little bit, 89 pitches. Totally good with that. I'm not like, ride your horse no matter what. He's got to go the distance. raw oh, gladiator. Like, it's not close. It's cool, Kratz. You know, I, I don't think, I mean, sure, you can ask the question, but there's no criticism on that front. It's, it's not, that's not the purpose here. The purpose is just not assuming all the time that, you know, a reliever is going to come in and save the day.
2: No, for sure they're not going to come in and save the day all the time. But also, like, I love what Tori said about it afterwards. He said, he said I'd like for him to be 100% for the final game. Like, he doesn't need to keep going out there. And I would disagree with AJ. I thought the game was a great game until the 7th. You know, it got, it got out of hand. And I think that's going to be indicative of what the next two games are. Is how do the Rangers figure out if Scherzer doesn't go five? How do they figure out how to keep the game close? I'm not saying they were throwing the rest of the game by the relievers they were putting in, but the, the you know, they could have gone to spores right away there in a two, one game to keep it close. They had an off day and they didn't. I'm interested to see how, how it goes the next two games. Maybe even, yeah, I mean, they're going to spin it back around in game five Divaldi, but I think I think it was it was a great game Montgomery Yay yeah, gave it four runs but I think he kept it close until until the end there until the seventh and I think they were trying to stretch him out a little bit too far so I would that's where I would say eh, there's a little you know what was the decision there for him just because it didn't work out in the moment I didn't think it was that big a deal the Rangers never they didn't bring their bats
3: yeah but who has a better bullpen
2: I mean honestly.
3: You're, who do you, you trust more the the Thompson Ginkle, seawall Saul Frank or you know Sabors mm-hmm. Chapman Leclerc when you're behind right that's kind of the key to me is the the Rangers were behind and they kept money out there and then once it gets to 4 to 1 I felt like uh, kind of game was not off. worth using them yeah it's not worth using them cuz the chances of coming back two nights in a row if the Diamondbacks and the Diamondbacks were lucky they didn't have to use their high leverage guys in the second game but even if it was, you know, have to use to, the chance of coming back from down three after coming back from down two the night before, is like almost none.
1: Also, I, here's my thing for, for you, both of you guys. We've talked about this, but Kratz, I think if you're a manager in a seven-game series, especially one like this that looks like it's going to go seven, you need to have two to three games where you are not going to use your two or three best relievers. And it's not even just about durability. I'm thinking more about muscle memory. You guys are the best in the world at what you do. You see something enough. It really doesn't matter who it is unless they are perfect. Every pitch is perfect. You are going to get to him and figuring him out. Even even if the pitch isn't perfect, right? Even if it's like, hey, Seawald's going to work up here and it's above the zone. But if I see that pitch enough, I'm going to figure out how to get on top of it. That's my problem where you have to pick and choose those spots. So is there a case to be made that Bochy said, you know what? I'm not feeling it today for this game. I'm not going to give them all another look, and then, you know, what? I'm going to have to pick in the next three games probably two of those to use my guys. I just don't want them to see the same pitchers over and over again.
2: I don't I don't think – No? Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think that is a great – it's a great point because, yes, guys see them all the time. If if he felt at 2-1 before Monty gave up those last two runs that he felt like they could keep it at 2-1, I think they would have gone to him, but you're right. There, there is something to that, and you're kind of, you kind of saw it in game one with Ginkle. Hey, he didn't give up any runs. Absolutely, Big gave up a hit, gave up a walk. He had some deep counts. Only struck for Ginkle, he only struck out one. You know, normally with against the Phillies, he was just striking out everybody. It was like, it was like Bugs Bunny out there. Like one, two, three, you're out. It was just, <laughs> it was just quick work of everybody. So you have to keep. You have to be a little prude with your with your usage. Like you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again. There, there's only you know, there's only one Mariano Rivera. There's that's why he was a unanimous choice for the Hall of Fame. Like that dominant. You, you're not going to each of these guys in a seven-game series and constantly getting the same thing out of all of them. Just like I don't think you're gonna hit a dinger off of Paul Seawald every night he comes out either, unless unless they know something or they see something. So, yeah, I I think it it could have been a case where he was kind of trying to hold him back, but you look back and they didn't score enough runs, so it wouldn't have mattered anyway. So I remember the Diamondbacks
1: said, and actually you sent me this clip, Kratz, that they had to make pretty drastic pitching changes in terms of game plan strategy in the last series against the Phillies after they were down 2-0. So now it's 1-1, series shifting to Arizona, you get an off day, okay? And, and part of it was, and you can explain this better than I can, they were like, there are spots that we can execute where we can beat the Phillies, and we saw it in the last round by some success from, say, Strider and some of the relievers for the Braves, and including, say, up and into some of the pitchers, which, I mean, it's not rocket science, but they weren't executing there, okay? So do you think that there's any key adjustments from these first two games for either side where you're looking at something very glaring going, that needs to be fixed, you know. I mean, Texas walked a ton; they spit at everything in the in the first game, and then Arizona in game two. Lavello goes, "We are throwing them strikes because if we don't, they're going to get on base, and we're screwed." So, do, what do you think now happens adjustment wise?
2: I think they need to go out and they need to attack Fought. They need to attack Fott in the f- fought in the way that they attacked him in his first game that they faced him in his big league debut. I think. I think Merrill Kelly, if you're the Rangers, you got to look at that outing and be like, okay, he was executing that pitch down and away. I think there's some pitchers that you have to say, if he can execute this pitch three times in a row, tip your cap. But if you stay in your zones, eventually he'll, he'll come out of his execution. And I think Merrill Kelly got better and better. He got a little bit of help off the plate. Quinn Wilcott was quite large on that outer half sometimes, and it created a lane for Merrill Kelly to stay in. And then once he created that lane, a perfect example is is uh, Evan Carter. He ran a he ran like a cutter that he froze him on bottom of the zone, just like it never it never sank out of the zone. And never it just stayed on plane. And he froze him. Next time up, he breaks that he broke the breaking ball right off the same plane and it was in the dirt. So he did a good job of executing for the Rangers. They have to make sure that Fott gets in the zone and he stay, stay in the zone because unfortunately for them, Alfonso Marquez is behind the dish tonight. He's going to have a larger zone. He's not going to be very consistent with the strike zone.
3: Here's my thing for tonight. Fought, fought, pitch against him. Gave up four homers in four innings, seven runs. That's a that's a lot. That was, no
1: Seeger and Carter.
3: Yeah. in that lineup. So too. But that was a while ago. it? Wasn't it? Yeah, but still, I mean, Fought's been an animal for him this this postseason, right? Like he's been twice. He's been put in a spot, and they're like, "Oh, let's see what the guy has." And he's gone out twice and shoved, right? At Milwaukee and then against Philly twice. So this guy's been really good for him, and he's someone they're counting on now. He's kind of gone from an unknown to someone hmm. that the the Diamondbacks are like. Man, we can count on this dude. I mean, he's 98, heavy sink, right? A little cutter, a little breaking ball, a little change-up.
1: Sweeper. So,
3: sweeper, whatever. <laughs> One's, I mean, curveball, sweeper, slider, slurve, whatever. It's all a breaking ball. The sweeper's ball.
1: been the pitch for him, though.
3: Yeah, I know. But but also 98, with he goes, whew, is also a great pitch for him. That's a good one. But the thing he's been, he's been in the strike zone. He's been able to control the strike zone up and down and in and out, right? And if he can do that again, I mean, I don't care how good the range are, but If they only get four hits in one run. Scherzer can go out and do the best he can. I don't think that's going to be good enough unless he throws a shutout, which is a lot to ask, against the way the Diamondbacks get on base. Max Max used to be able to hold runners really well because he could hold the ball and hold the ball and hold the ball. Now with the pitch clock, he can't do that anymore. So he's going to have to slide seven. We've seen the, the games when Arizona gets on, even game two, they were just like, all right, just go. It was like, all right, on your mark, get set, go. And Haim was making good throws. He had no chance. <laughs> so can the, the key for me is, can they get to fought? And can Arizona execute their offense, which their offense is, everyone says get on base, but they also, when they hit the home run, that's if they hit a home run or two, they'll win. It's it's pretty simple for me. Can Scherzer be good enough and can Fought not do what he did his first start against the Rangers?
1: And you're right. I mean, it happens pretty frequently now in the postseason. People will point out for years the team that out-homers the other team is going to be in better shape. I think it's 22-4 and four right now if you out-homer no, the other team. usually but, means you're
3: scoring more runs.
1: Yes, but <laughs> – if you steal more bases than the other team, 17 and six this postseason. So if you do both, too.
3: and guess what? If you do both, you're winning. You're probably <laughs> winning. <laughs> True. That's what the Diamondbacks have done, though, right? They've won the games they've won, they've hit home runs, and they've stole base. I mean, we saw in six and seven in Philly. I mean, they're JT Romuto is the best throwing catcher in baseball. They were just like, Wee, wee, wee. like he couldn't do anything to
1: slow him down. They're changing the way that, that we're going to evaluate teams and players and all of that too, because they're running this much teams are going to be looking for that in the off season. Just saying, let's just get this out of the way first because the poll's running right now. I just voted. So at the end of the Rangers game, well, I think it was like in the seventh, maybe when it started, whenever it got a little out of hand, the wave starts going and the wave actually was running in the NLCS too. So, they I'm love the wave in, in, Arizona, in Arizona, don't they? Yes, they did. And some there were multiple writers that called it out, and they were like, all right, whatever. Clearly, it doesn't matter. So I'm not talking about performance. I'm not talking about if it affects players on the field. Just straight up, Russ, are you a fan of it? Like, if you're sitting next to someone, and they're like, yo, should we start the wave? And it's, give me, I guess you can give me two scenarios. It's close or it's not close. What are you saying? What are your thoughts?
0: I'm out on the wave. Completely out. Right? Okay. Like, if I'm going to a baseball game, and i don't know if i don't feel like i'm a weirdo for just wanting to watch the product on the field and if i'm there enjoying time with friends cool i'm doing that but i don't want to get up and do the wave and then you got to wait for this your section is everybody going to part- guys let's just watch the game please that's why we're here gosh you are a party pooper dude. i'm
1: the same
3: way you man. are a
0: party po- dude, have some fun you you live in Ross the moment AJ, first of all like, you, you know me and you know i'm fun but dude i want i'm not paying these premium prices to do dude. wave First of all, after the tweets you were putting out there hating on the Bears,
3: I don't know that you're any fun anymore.
1: No Bears Well,
3: That's not fun for anybody.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Brock Holt said
1: this weekend, Kratz, that he doesn't like it either, but when he takes his son, he's into it, so he's like, I'll participate, you know?
2: I like it. To each their own. Have you ever seen the one in Milwaukee where it, like, goes – like two of them go one way and then it comes back and, like, Milwaukee has some – they have some serious wave. Aesthetics. Why do the wave hate though? I don't understand. Why Why does everyone hate the wave
3: so
1: much? Because everyone has to participate in it. It's not like oh, oh so, you so do your thing. So, you don't have yeah, to participate. Then, you You just okay, right. You're just that
3: person, like at the craps table, that bets the don't pass line. That's you <laughs> and Russ, for that matter.
1: <laughs> Goes all in every time at the poker table. No, that's, you guys bet, bet the it.
3: don't pass line. Where everyone's yeah, let's go. We need an eight hard eight. There's Russ and Scott going. No, we want the seven so we can win.
1: (laughs) Russ, do you agree? For me, it's just like, yeah, okay, people want to do their thing. But then, like, everyone's sitting there. They're looking around at you.
0: It's annoying. Yeah, people – and, you know, people aren't just letting you not participate. That's the thing. Like, it's not just, oh, you can do your own thing. No, people are going to start jeering you. What's going on? Why aren't you participating? You got the whole six – dude, I'm trying to watch the game, actually that that's why i'm not participating
1: yeah it's a it's a shame that it's like such a thing but whatever if, if people want to do their thing my th- what i said was it's a blowout the game's very much over at that point wh- whatever it happened it was like seven runs already or whatever it was i was like whatever it doesn't matter the game's over people are doing their thing i don't think they're like as locked into the game at that
3: point. Derek had a good point though it's more fun like when they do like the homer hankies or like the chop or then the rally monkey and they beat their to little that's different for me. Together, the that's different for me.
1: That's that's cheering. That's like the coolest to thing. Impact the game, make a lot of noise. The coolest this thing is in like,
3: baseball is when the the Braves
1: at night when they do the yes. they shut off the
3: lights and all the fans have their phone and they're doing the chop and it's the it's pretty it's pretty. Yeah, I haven't seen it in person. It is. Pretty it is. Awesome.
1: It is the coolest thing in a ballpark to me though. The wave is not intimidating. If anything, I feel like it tells your players we're not really paying attention to you and we're just trying to aesthetically make. All of our hands look uh, in sync. I don't know. It's stupid. Anyway, uh, Russ, your thoughts on the World Series?
0: You having fun? Uh, Yeah, there for game one and game two. That game one, what a perfect opening to the World Series. Uh, You had the D-backs that for most of that game looked like they were going to take game one, surprised a lot of people. And then in the moment when you need them up there, Corey Seager come through with a big-time homer uh, in the ninth inning. Adolis Garcia doing what he's continued to do all postseason, turn himself into a true star. It's been a lot of fun. And then not only do, you know, the Rangers win game one, you have the D-backs come back in game two. You get punched in the mouth, lose a a heartbreaker late in that game where you have, you know, Kevin Ginkle, you know, give up a little bit of damage for the first time we've seen. uh, You see Paul Seawall giving up a homer, hadn't allowed a run in the postseason. And they can come back. They respond and say, all right, last night was last night. Let's come out here today and got themselves a win. Now you get to go back to Arizona in your building. That crowds going to be crazy as well. And it's been a lot of fun to watch. And I I think you have two teams that are different in that you have the Texas Rangers that are, you know, offensive minded. They want to hit the ball of the ballpark. want to get on base. And you have the D backs that they want to get on base too. They want to run the bases. They want to try to, you know, wreak havoc on the base pass. What we saw them do game six and seven in the nlcs and they started doing that in in game one and two uh in the world series as well it's been fun to watch and i think we're probably going to see a series that goes six or seven are the diamondbacks
2: the better team right now in this series essentially they had both games won
0: you can make the argument that they should be up 2-0 right now right i think they they're they probably went home and said man we we should be uh, we were two outs away from locking up game one we won game two big and going into our house with the two to nothing lead. Are they the better team? Ask me again on Thursday because I, I no. think I'm interested. I don't I don't know if I can say it yet. I don't know if I can say that yet because the series is, is tied at one. And while you can say, yes, the D-backs should, have, should be up two to nothing, you can also say, hey, the Rangers came back in that game and won it in game one, and then they had a clunker in game two that was actually – pretty close until the seventh inning when the D-backs put it out of reach so I can't necessarily say it yet that the D-backs are the better team and that's no disrespect
1: Russ for me I'm trying to figure out always what the industry learns about what they're seeing because it is a copycat league and that's fine so sure you can look at Texas and say hey maybe we should go for it and spend a little and not take you know a billion years to tank and then build ourselves back up with Arizona it's a difference in the way that the game is being played in 2023 and you're seeing instant dividends on that front with their embrace chaos run make more contact they're bunting like it's 1992 so do you think that this will be mimicked in the off season they will look for players of this style and even take it to the draft too right i mean will corbin carroll will those will that skill set make it into the middle of the first
0: round anymore just because maybe he's undersized i i think i look at a couple of things i think to your point about the d backs and how they play the game i think with the way the rules have changed you guys were kind of talking about it in your a block there with you know being aggressive against the guy who has the best arm behind the plate and all of baseball and jt ramudo and they were just like we don't care like in game six and seven they said this is how we play our game and if we're going to go out we're going to go out playing our game and they ended up being in the world series. I'm surprised more teams didn't do it uh, throughout this postseason season uh, and were aggressive. You've seen it here and there, but I do think as the years go by speed is going to be something that's very important that clubs look at that teams look at as far as what the industry learned. I think something that coming into the series, looking at how the D backs have been built and how the Rangers have been built. There's more than one way to skin a cat, right? Like, you can be the Rangers and say, "All right, we're going to throw five hundred million dollars at Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon to be the middle, our middle infield for the next uh, ten years." Or you can say, "Well, if you're the Dbacks, all right, we don't have necessarily, we don't feel like we have the resources that a team like Texas does, but we have to be really smart with and make some shrewd trades where we give up a guy in Dalton Varsho, who is an elite, elite defender, a guy uh, who can play any." of the three outfield positions play behind the plate if you needed them to. And we're going to get this young kid and Gabriel Moreno, who's going to be our catcher of the future and hit third for us in the world series. And we're going to go get Lourdes Gurriel jr. We're going to, you know, keep Cattell Marte for who a long time people are saying, why is Cattell Marte still in Arizona with the D backs, right? You're able to develop Christian Walker into not only one of the better power hitters in baseball, but one of the best defenders in baseball, right? The play you made the other day, ball hits the bag, makes a barehanded play. Like You're getting to see all the tools of Christian Walker there. I think teams are going to look at that way and like, okay, we can spend a lot of money and make it to the World Series. Obviously, the Rangers are showing us that, and I know there were a lot of people said, oh, the Padres and the Mets, they're not in there. They spent more money than anybody. Well, the Rangers did too, and they're in the World Series. But you can also say, hey, if can you draft well? Can you develop players internally? Can you make the right trade to bring in the right talent from other orgs, put them on your roster, and then develop those guys into being productive everyday players for you? You were in Texas, right? You were in Arlington?
1: Yeah, for for game one and two, yeah. Okay, so give me something that you really loved about the experience there and something that you did not love, and I'll give you something just from observing. Um, our guy Michael on social was – out there in arlington and he did one of those fast forward looks at the line for the team store about an hour before the game and we're in orlando there's some long lines down here i think that was longer i think there were a lot of people there that might have been waiting until the end of the game and probably half that line left i was like how the fuck do they make a line this long and not have some alternative scenario
0: at a new ballpark yeah uh that's unfortunate uh, uh <laughs> i was shocked best, it's a new ballpark Best part it's the world series though right like that would be the only if i'm playing devil and advocate it's the world series you have more people in that ballpark than had ever been there in game two uh sold out crowd standing room only i'm not necessarily shocked by that the thing i love that was my first time at global life field i'd been to the old ballpark You know, I went to college, you know, at Oral Roberts in Tulsa. It's only four hours away. Drove down with some friends during college and and watched games there. Really cool ballpark. Being in the new ballpark, you don't realize that place is massive, right? And you really have to get adjusted to sound there where you're going to hear something off the bat because it's so cavernous. And you're like, okay, that ball was crushed. It has to be, like, uh, in the second deck. And it doesn't even make it to the warning track. So just noticing how ballparks are different. And the vibe in there roof closed with 40,000 plus in there. Like that memory of Seeger hitting that Homer in game one is something I'll never forget. Very similar to Bryce Harper hitting the Homer in the NLCS in Philly last year. Those two are very similar for me. Just like you are getting the purest excitement thrill of those fan bases in their home ballpark. And that was really cool for me. Hey, Mr. Don't pass line. Uh, did you happen to go up in the
3: uh, press box? I was there. I was there. Did you? Could you see the players? Because the it. one miss at that ballpark, the, the players are about yay big when you're in the TV box. I mean, they are like you're. It's like Washington. I mean, it is. no, Washington's
1: worse. I don't dude, know, it's dude. It's higher. It,
0: te- Washington dude, dude, Texas way is way up. So high,
1: there. dude. Washington is a joke.
0: Washington yeah. is the high. I I feel like it's the highest in baseball. Where you on the press level? are below where we were in like the the press box, right? So you have the broadcast level, and then above that is where like the rest of the media were. And that was it was up there. But I felt that Washington is still the highest ballpark, highest press box and view in all of baseball. Oh dude. Dude,
3: Dude, Pittsburgh's up there too. Pittsburgh's up there. Pittsburgh's hot. But at least Pittsburgh you can look out over the city, right? For sure. Washington you're looking at not really DC,
1: they're basically saying they decided Hey, you're here, but you're not really here. You know what I mean? <laughs> like just watch the TV. You're here because you're gonna talk to the players before and after the game and the coaches and whatever. But like as far as the game is concerned, just watch the TV.
0: Yeah. Watch it's, the monitor. It's a like joke. Calling the game in DC, I was definitely I I'm not a guy that liked to look at the monitor. Like I like to look at what was going on. And in DC, I definitely had to look at the monitor. To make sure what I was seeing was what I was actually seeing. You have no perception <laughs> on anything. It's like no. picture
1: you're, you know, at the Empire State Building and someone's playing baseball on the street and you look down and you have to call the game. Also,
3: yeah, also, Derek brings up a good point. The camera angle in Arlington is a little strange from where you normally are used to watching it. I don't know if it's higher or more straight it's on. on set but it's it's to something's like the different right about it
0: a little bit. It. Yeah.
3: I mean, they're never right behind. Everyone always thinks they're right behind. They're right. always offset. They're always usually to the right. But this one either feels higher or more offset. It does look different. It just
1: looks. I think, I think and the lighting. Think it is it looks, more international, looks international. Yeah, if if that you're right. Makes
3: sense. And the lighting doesn't. The lighting in well, Arizona kind of has it too. If the roof's closed, mm-hmm. like the lighting in there is like a little bit. I mean, I don't know. It just it's a little bit off. I agree. But, I mean, listen. It was great games and people are happy. So, what can you say?
1: I have a question because the commissioner spoke for a while and we'll ask Ken and some others about this when we get to them later. The one I wanted to ask you about quite simply on this topic is playoff format. So he said, you know, it'll at least motivate a conversation about whether we have it right. So it sounded like for the most part, I'll paraphrase because there's way too much to read here from his quotes that, that that he felt in the league feels like pretty much on par. They like what they've seen so far. With this new playoff format i'll take one part here that's kind of how baseball playoffs are and frankly how i think they should be if the die was cast meaning that if i win 100 in the regular season i'm going to win the world series i don't think that's as interesting as what we have witnessed over the last month and mlbpa executive director tony clark said that they had proposed alternative postseason formats the league wasn't interested in during the last round of bargaining so I, I still have ideas for little tweaks. We've talked about a couple of them, but I generally think we're in a pretty good spot. I think like teams are just going to have to catch up to the Rangers and Diamondbacks and create teams that are built for the postseason.
0: I Yeah, I, I'm with that. And I think it's something we talked about since the start of the postseason when the D-backs really got on their roll here and, and and when the Braves got knocked out of the postseason where it's just like, play better. I think that's where I'm at. I, I understand the idea of, there should be an incentive for being the best team in the league that year i get that right so do you t- do you only allow one team to have the bye do you shorten the days off uh during the bye like instead of 5 days it's 3 days does that make it better but i always feel like somebody or a team is going to have or fans are going to have a gripe about what you tweak i just think for me i don't know if this is necessarily going to be the norm going forward right like next year we could play the thing out again And you have the top four teams uh, by seeding in the CS, right? Like, I I think I would like to see it for a couple years before I make a rash judgment and say, nope, change the whole thing. I think because you have an 84-win team in the World Series, people want to just say, nope, scrap it all, let's change it. I'd be interested after three or four years if we feel the same way. I agree. It's been two years of this format. Three years? Two years
3: or three years of this format? I think two. It's two. Two years of this format, right? We're already... and, and, and listen, who had more off days going to the LCS? Diamondbacks had an extra day. They won. Yeah. Rangers had an extra day. They won. They weren't complaining about having an extra day I think off. some of it also
1: has to do with, like, can you put the team in a position where they don't have as much, you know, of a, an advantage with their starters, right? Like, try and There's no way to do that unless you give
3: them days off. There's There's really no way to do that unless – I mean – the, the way it, here's the thing and then yeah. going, going like to the World to... Series the Rangers had an extra day off and they won game 1 and they got the line of their pitching the way they wanted and nobody was complaining and if they lose they're going to say well we had 4 days off instead of 3 days off like the Diamondbacks no like I am I'm so sick of this argument
1: I don't think it's the days off thing it's just is there anything that bothers There's no it's you about baseball
3: it's
2: baseball it's not football The players are complaining basketball. It's the it's you don't the pass players. guys The players are not complaining. It's the Homer. It's the Homer writers that are complaining. No, I have a legit complaint. I'm not talking about you, Russ. I'm not talking about you. I I have a complaint. I'm complaining. (laughs) Okay. The season, I'm going to tell you
1: this. Okay. I I could have baseball year round and be happy, but the, the week that the season ends is dumb. We started on a Friday on a weekend. People watch more during the week. And I know you don't want to go up against football, but that's mostly Sunday. Okay. So we start Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday of Halloween weekend, we're trying to reach a younger uh, demographic, a younger age. Okay. You know what people are doing between like 18 and 36 years old or whatever on Friday and Saturday night, many of them, they're out partying for Halloween. And then now we're going to go into this week when it's legit Halloween on a Tuesday and all the little kids with their parents are going around town and you're missing World Series games again. Just feel like we're, we're playing it wrong. Like, can we do this one week sooner? Can we figure that out? And if we have to do 154 games and have a longer DS or something like that to make up for the money, that's fine. I just think this week is dumb. I'm telling you. There's so many people in my life that are like, oh, World Series? And they would watch it if it was like an average weekend, but it's not. No? Maybe this is just my world that I'm observing, but I'm around a lot of people in their 20s and 30s that are like, why do they have it on Halloween? They're I'm also like, well, on they mushrooms don't think of acid,
3: acid and they don't really know what the World it, it is. It has nothing
1: to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> not acid. Dude. Oh, <laughs> hey, go to, go to downtown Tampa. Go to downtown Orlando so this aggressive. weekend. Two it weeks from now. Dude, fun. two weeks from now, you're going to be in heaven. EDC. Sorry, Russ. But you, EDC. Russ. you coming? Stay, stay on. Groups. I am not. Do you not agree
3: with this? You, you think it's fine? Well, okay. They didn't want to go. Okay, so. We're trying to listen, reach you the But according to Fox. You know, i work for Fox. But they want Friday, Saturday. Because they don't want to go up against football. And That's Sunday fine, night. but fine. The week right?
1: before this weekend is a bad weekend to have. But then you got to But, but
3: you got to move the season up, which nobody wants to do. Everyone wants to do that. Mo- so move the season up a week. The sure. players don't want to do that. That means they got to start spring training a week earlier.
1: No, spring training is too fucking long. Well, okay,
3: but do, do you see what I'm saying? Yes. You got if you're okay. So they started around April 1st. They're going to start like March 24th.
1: In warm people, weather, cities. people are going to. And in retractable situation. Yeah, here we go. See? Situation. Uh, this is why it doesn't work. Unless you cut okay. the season down. Pinnacle of the season is Halloween. I'm just telling you. It's a bad it's a bad holiday. What's amazing, though,
3: is if you look at, at years past before they added the extra round, like the, the Cardinals, Rangers, Great World Series ended the week before, right? Everything used to end before Halloween. But now we've pushed everything so far back. We've that added more right off days because Kratz's generation needed more off
1: days. Load management. Am I? Am, I mean, do you guys think that? I mean, Russ, you know, we're, we're close enough in age. Do you? How many people in your world, especially if they're not like the biggest baseball fans in the world, were not paying attention to the World Series because they had extracurriculars going on?
0: Listen, man, the streets were hot this weekend, and your boy was covering baseball, <laughs> which I love to do. It is my job. It's why I'm talking to you guys. But you make some points, Scott. Like I, I do think people their sole focus was not on the World Series and it that sucks because it's been a great start to the world series do i think you could maybe start the postseason the day after the season ends sure i think that gets some of the stuff that you're talking about scott where you push it up by a few days and maybe instead of having a game three start you know today maybe worst case scenario you have a game seven around halloween weekend but I don't think anybody's going to be happy you as far You can't start that, it, really. though, the
3: day after, because let's say the Marlins had to play the Mets that extra game. Well, they well, the, how about just what be what better, if, be what better happens, grounds crew? But I'm just saying, what happens if there's a rain out in, in April, and they're like, well, we don't play them again. It's never going to matter. And one of the teams just happens to be, be half a game out, 162, and they got to play, and it determines the playoffs. But you've you got to have that built-in off day. You have to have it for the travel. You just have to.
1: What about the day after the wild card? You still have to have some travel. Nah, just travel right after the game. You guys, you guys are soft. Just I don't necessarily love
3: that game. either. Yeah. What
1: about the what about the poor people that work these games? What about the writers? Yeah, everyone's fine.
0: We not flying private? Playoffs. I can't yeah.
1: because like, okay. there's <laughs> been canceled. There's been I'm part of rainouts every year in the in the past in the postseason, and then we just have to get on six a.m. flights and get to the next. But flight. here's my
3: problem: like for the first game. For me, I don't know where I'm going sometimes until the, the series before me ends. So if it went three games, and so let's say it's it's LA and New York are playing, and I go to the winner, and I don't know until that that night at midnight.
1: Oh, no. AJ doesn't know where he's flying. So
3: what? Okay, then let's say the fight gets canceled.
1: Whoa, wait, wait, wait. First of all, there's wild a million card... things that it doesn't no, work. No, 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 for. no. You're wrong. All right, but we got to wild... break. Wait, lastly. To uh, dispute that point, the wild card is going to play the next round in the same place because the other team gets the home field advantage. So you know where you're going already. Do you get what I'm saying? Wild card round, you win. You're playing in LA, but just, right? No, Arizona, but sometimes the matchups may
3: determine where I go.
1: Not for the wild card, though. For
3: the DS, though, it does.
1: Okay. Well, I didn't say DS.
3: Well, I'm th- talking about me. Let's talk
1: about me. You want to talk about I? I'm so worried about that AJ's TV schedule. Russ, <laughs> good talking to you. <laughs> we'll catch you later this See week. you guys. <laughs> Cheers, man. Hey, get in on the action with the FT fam at BetMGM. New customers use the bonus code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for a $1,500 first bet offer. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your BetMGM Sportsbook account. Place your first wager and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if the bet loses. If that bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled.